everybody, and welcome to We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. Hope you woke that up, or hope that woke you up. Anyway, who are we? You know us. It's me, Robert the Red Ranger. And I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. Um, I can't help but notice that there's somebody missing at one of the other stations. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Um, Tyler, you remember that labyrinth that Tyler found last week? Yeah, the one in the music closet? It was no, it was in the custodian's closet. First off, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, why does he have he, all these closets? Don't ask me. He was the one that wanted them in there. Okay. But anyways, he decided that um, he wanted to explore that labyrinth. You know that monster, that per- thing that was in there. Yeah. He wanted to find it. Oh God. And I to- and totally didn't add a lock to the door. You totally didn't add a lock to the door. Of course not. <laughs> So that banging noise in the background is totally not him trying to get into the room. Of course not. So what you're saying is we have poltergeists. Yes. They got bored. No, so I'm they never sleeping again. Door. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Yeah. How are you doing, Robert? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, how are you doing? Mm, it's been a good week, I, I must say. That's good. That's good. I'm, uh, I'm hoping everybody out there in uh, Radio Land is feeling the same way. Having a pretty good week. Uh, now it's Both Monday, so they're only yeah, just starting it. At least if you're listening to us, you know, on premiere day. Exactly. Um, if you're listening hello, after that. Evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're, of course, are listening at any other point, hello, whenever this is. Hope you're yeah. having a good day. So what do you want to talk about this week, Robert? Last couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about convention stuff, kind of breaking away from some of the other nerd subjects. And we're definitely, definitely going to be getting back into video games and all that kind of stuff um if we can figure out how to get him out without getting killed we'll be going and coming back with uh tyler's anime corner book club uh later on in the podcast so you can go and stick around and wait for that yeah definitely considering that uh con season is coming back like heavy con season is coming up yep spring is always seems to like early late middle of spring and uh and kind of early summer usually is where a lot of the big ones hit, especially on the east, on the west coast. Exactly. Now the the season is upon us, and we're spending a lot of time talking about it because there is a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of people talking and getting prepped for X, Y, and Z things right now. Exactly. All right. Well, since Tyler's stuck in there, let's get moving on to the evening subject. Now this oh, yeah, week. But, but hold up before oh. before we move on there, I wanted to ask you since we kind of brought this up, and it is coming up in the con season. What is your favorite con related, like convention related meme? Uh oh. What? <laughs> I think you know exactly what meme's my favorite. Uh oh. Which one? Oh, oh. Don't tell me. Con's coming up? Yep. Busy every weekend and a bunch of new costumes? Most likely. Bring it on. Booyah! Yep. Uh, Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove. I love that meme. I I know. I mean, that is that is the quintessential con meme right there. I love it. It, it essentially, uh, what's the word? It encapsulates everything. It really does. All the positive and negative emotions all together. And yep. let's be honest, it's kind of like going over a waterfall when things are good or bad. Yep, that's a definite, that's a definite, that's a definite. Yeah, and uh, I hate to say, it looks like this year you and I are going over different waterfalls this time around. Unfortunately, this time, yes. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it to SoccerCon this year. 
um, due to work issues. Well, not having work is the issue, and not having enough money. So, unfortunately, I will be unable to join the crew in Seattle as much as I want to. Which just sucks. Yeah, unfortunately, like last year I was able to make it and I didn't have a job last year, but that was mostly because I had everything um, everything already paid for. So, I don't know. It was just one of those things that, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I took the responsibility and kind of just stepped back and didn't really make plans until I was absolutely 100% sure. And heck, I didn't even tell you till about three, four weeks ago. Yeah, no, I mean... I'll admit we did kind of wonder a little bit, um, you know, for all the jokes that we make. I mean, we really are close here and yeah, we go and beat up on each other a lot. But at the same time, we're also really best friends around here. And I think we all kind of knew that this was going to be a rough year for you financially um, as far as the cons were concerned. And I got to be honest, I, I can do nothing but applaud you for, for going and taking yourself out and not wanting to be a burden. You know, mm. uh, we've talked about the leeches, people that don't come through with what they say they're going to. Uh, basically, everything from that story a couple of weeks ago about uh, my last attempt at doing a skit and how horribly that went. Uh, because of one person, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to rehash an old story there. First things first, I, I do feel like I need to uh, go and say something to Tyler Wood. Uh, get a job, you dirty hippie. But seriously, Cole, thank you for being such an upstanding guy. There's a reason why we do this podcast together. Even if we can't do everything at the same time, um, we go to different conventions, we do different things because we don't live right next to each other. But Cole is the right kind of person he's the kind of guy that you want to be rooming with on a regular basis because he is willing to go and take himself out if he can't make it because you know he's always going to pull through any way that he can and he's not a liability exactly and unfortunately a lot of people aren't that lucky when it comes to certain people and, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, I've even had issues where people have either bad communication, where I end up having to pay an extra bit of money for a convention that I was at, where my third, my fourth roommate never um, didn't quite understand what the hell he was getting into. Yeah. Well, didn't you have a situation bl- at uh, VidCon a couple of years ago? Yeah, that's the one I'm speaking of. Um, essentially, what had happened was I had booked. I had gotten together a bunch of people from a Facebook group that I was part of for over two years and looking for roommates. And I found four people or three other people for a double room. And two of them showed up and had no issues with them whatsoever. Made good friends with them. The fourth one, I was talking to him, trying to make sure that he got to the right. I was like, what hotel are you at? I'm like, I'm at this hotel. He's like, okay. And he's like, Wait a minute, so what hotel are you at? I'm like, I'm at this hotel, not this one. I'm not at the main hotel. I'm like the one just down the street. He's like, okay. And then I find out that he, like, and then I finally find the guy and I stop and talk to him for a second. And it turns out he had made a mistake and had thought I was rooming with another group of people that he thought that, that another person was in charge of. 
So he had already paid all of the money that he needed for his rooms to this person, leaving me high and dry. Where I had already talked to, and then I sat down and talked with the other the person in charge of the other room, sat down with her, pretty much figured it all out and didn't end up getting any money out of it, out of it, unfortunately. But I was fine with it. I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got this dealt with. I'll just deal with it. And I ended up paying his share of the room for another two nights. But that was one of the better, like, and then I just cut him off for the rest. And, like, he wasn't even really a friend, so I just cut him off. I took him off Facebook. I got rid of everything, and I was like, I'm not going to bother with this anymore. So, but that's just what happened for me. But, of course, a lot of other different situations on this. Yeah. Well, and that that goes and leads us to a wonderful subject to talk about in a situation like this. Yeah, we've gotten through our platitudes and made the point of what Cole's doing right now is a good thing and should be the model for what we're trying to do when it comes to taking responsibility for our actions. That being said, there are some acceptable reasons for not going to con. And let's be honest, things pop up last minute. For example, like getting super sick the night before. Or exactly. like having them getting the flu and you're like, I don't want to get five people or more, or I don't want to be the, I don't want to be ground zero for concrete. Like, yeah, exactly. Like there I, was a case, like, I remember there was a case of, uh, let's see, what was it? I'm trying to remember. It was, um, it was Emerald city comic con. There was a case. Uh, no. Yeah. It might've been Emerald city or it was, it was pet. No, it was the PAX plague. That's what it was. Oh you yes. remember, yeah. You remember this from about four years ago. Um, and there actually had gotten it. I can't remember exactly. It was like a, it was a branch of influenza. It hit like a couple thousand people. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's, um... and it was hilarious because they actually got it to the point where they could track it, where it came in and where it went out. It was actually kind of <laughs> funny on the, on, on airplane. <laughs> It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> ah, jeez. But unfortunately, I, you never want to be that guy that brings the flu to uh, to con. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you're doing the right thing. And yeah, I mean, people get sick and they really shouldn't do some of these conventions. Uh, we talked, uh, yeah, what was it, uh, two weeks ago, was it, that we were talking about the, the Cowboys Mission Capable? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a great story, but the reality is, Killface probably shouldn't have come to Con. Oh yeah, totally. Exactly. I mean, it was good of him to go and do that because it gave some people hotel room space that wouldn't have had it otherwise. But we would have found ways to get around that. The dude was dying. He was on the convention floor for like six hours and then was in a bed the rest of the time. I'm not even sure he ever checked out of the hotel room. I mean that seriously. I don't know if he ever checked out of the hotel room. Yeah, that's the exact thing. Like what he should have done was passed his room on to one of you guys. Yeah, exactly. It's like we appreciate the fact that he wanted to go and help out these guys that wouldn't have had money to get a hotel room or I should say be able to afford to do everything if they also had to pay for the hotel room. You know, they were unemployed college students. It was a really cool thing of him to want to do that for his friends. But dude, get Mm. yourself in trouble there. You're you're killing yourself slowly and you got people doing it in the bed next to you. It's not cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but like a couple of years ago, I had a friend 
and she wasn't going to be staying with me. She ended up saying, or she was supposed to be staying with other people. And the day before day zero, uh, she had a situation. Her car broke down and she needed to make a choice. It was going to cost her more than what she was going to be spending at the convention to get her car fixed. She needed to get to work on Monday and she needed to make a call. Does she go to con or does she keep her livelihood? And needless to say, she made the right choice. She, I agree. Yeah, exactly. She got her car fixed. And yes, it was an inconvenience for the people that she was with. But they understood. Exactly. That's a valid thing. Like, con is fun and all, but dropping it for your wife, like, losing your how, your, how you earn the money to go to con and everything because of that convention is not cool. Yeah, exactly. That's, they probably would have ripped her harder for go, for coming if they knew what they that it was instead of instead of getting her car fixed. I'll, I'll go and say the people she was staying with. I don't think they would have ripped her to be honest because they're just too damn nice. I, on the other hand, would have ripped her for that because yeah. as much as I love seeing people at the convention, as much as I would love seeing you at SakuraCon, Cole, yeah, I would be you, kicking your fucking ass if you showed up. Yeah. The only like, way the only way I would be able to show up is if I won the lottery in the next month. Exactly. And if that happens And then please, at that point I'd be paying for the hotel room for everyone. <laughs> okay, you heard that here folks. Cole's paying for the hotel room if he wins the lotto. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Like but that was what that if, in the next 2 weeks. Yeah, yeah. But no, but I'm like I'm not kidding. I was like, okay, like I would fly down and I surprise you. I was like, surprise, I won the fucking lottery. I'm here bitches. Like yeah. <laughs> Like at that point, I wouldn't need a freaking job. So, yeah, no, I'd just and go to school and do my own career at my own base at that point. Exactly. Yeah. No. And that's uh, that. That's a reason why you definitely should go to convention, whether you want to or not. If you win the lotto, you really should should be there with your friends. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, that that's not what we want to talk about here. It's no, no, no. Good but and I'm... bad reasons to not go to convention. So we definitely have number one on the good reasons right here. The coal reason. I don't have money. Good reason not to go. I don't have That's the money, and I can't acceptable. make the trip. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly acceptable reason right there. And that could yeah. also be acceptable for, like, for me, For me, mine is a little bit of extreme. Like, for me, it's, a, like, the whole trip back and forth is about a grand for me. Exactly. Maybe even, maybe even less if I'm smart with money. Yeah. But, but... Ticket plane tickets if bought in advance for me from Saskatoon to Seattle, about five hundred bucks. Yeah. T- uh, train tickets, fifty bucks a piece. Yeah. So about a hundred and ten dollars both ways. Mm-hmm. Hotel, another hundred and fifty bucks, give or take, depending on how many people you share with. And right but now, there's can- a lot of people listening to this that are going, "Oh my god." People spend that much on convention stuff. What the oh, hell yeah. is wrong with this guy? Well, well, yeah, but well, well, it depends. Well, depending on if you fly directly to Seattle, you're paying a, th- a grand just in in in, in uh, plane tickets. Yeah, me and Tyler make it are smart. <laughs> we cut that price <laughs> in half. No, um, and it's a lot nicer to to ride on the train than it is to uh, ride in a ride in a five hour plane trip. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways. Yeah. 
So that's definitely a good reason uh, not to go to con. Yeah, uh, that's e- but they, that's even a good con. Like for if they lived in Spokane or or down in Portland, like yeah. you, if you can't afford gas money and you can't afford can't afford the gas money to get up there or the, or even the hotel, there's no point. Well, that's just it. I mean, rule oh, well, number like, seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you can't, if you can't, and if it. If, like, I can understand. It's like, okay, may, well, if you can't afford it and you have friends that will help you make it aff- affordable, sure. Yeah. Go for it. So but, what that's... but what I'm saying is if it's going to get, like, if it's going to affect your livelihood in any any way so, at all, then don't. Uh, reason two. Mm-hmm. Getting sick. Yep, exactly. If you're sick, don't go to con. Yep. Even if it's well, sniffles, I can understand. It's like if you have, if you're coming down off a cold or you have the sniffles, sure, whatever, go ahead, take, overload yourself with Tylenol. Yeah, you'll be you'll be fine. But if you have the flu and you the day before con, you're throwing your guts up and then up to the whole, to the throne, mm-hmm. like, um, take a fact check. Yeah, make plans to say, okay, I might not be able to go. Mm-hmm. You feeling better the next day? There you go. You're fine. But if you're not, if you're, if you get pneumonia, don't fucking come to con. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that goes and takes it to another level as well. And I'm going to go with uh, her with a uh, good reason number three, uh, medical reasons. Plain you know, simple. beyond beyond getting sick, there's a lot of legitimate medical reasons. Uh, Friend exactly. was supposed to be, yeah. Friend was supposed to make it a convention and actually stay with us two years ago, and she wasn't able to because, uh, well, <laughs> her health just wasn't in a good place. She was having thyroid issues, and her doctor was very concerned about overexposure. Her immune system was weak, so yeah, that's a that's an excellent reason right there. In addition to getting sick, is just exactly current health. Yeah, heck, Eddie, it could even just be something as basic as like. Being out of stuff, like being out, like being low on stuff for di- for diabetes care, or heck, heck, Crohn's and colitis. Like if you're oh, not, yeah. if, like even just something basic like that. If you're like, if you're concerned about getting con, like stuff like heck, colitis, for example, that can kick anybody's ass. Oh yeah. Like if you if you if you don't believe you're stable enough to go to con where. All mm-hmm. these different things, like all these different food, like different types of foods, like junk food, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you're doing this. It's like, there's no j- damn way in hell that you should be at con. Yeah. Like, I know a couple people, like, we know a few people at con who have IBS. Yeah. And they take care of it. They're mm-hmm. smart about what they eat. They make sure they're careful. Heck, they even ha- they will go out of their ways to go to a restaurant where they know where they, they serve something that won't screw with their, with their, with their guts. Yeah, but if you can't even consider, it was like if your medication screws with you, does, isn't stable enough that you don't think that you can make it through, then don't go. Yeah, number four, car well, issues. I, yes, yes. Yeah, like, transport- tra- it, it, we'll, we'll, yeah. Let's just switch that to transportation issues. If you can't make it to con, it, like we've had people whose cars explode on them before yeah. they go before con or on the way to con. So, yeah, well, we, so that's an, an understandable thing. If you can't make it like to, to con wherever the heck you're coming from, that's kind of not your fault. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I can actually speak to this one on a personal level because I was supposed to be going down to uh, uh, AX a couple of years ago. 
had a room booked out and all that stuff. And unfortunately, I got to the airport and my flight was canceled. Hey, no one asked me why the flight was canceled. Snow? Nope. It's the middle of summer. Your point? <laughs> this is the airline. Yeah, this is the airlines. They'll give it any reason. Yeah, know, no, no. Um, wind, cloudy, or not enough tickets sold. Actually, the issue was, and I don't know if you would see this, but this was like national news for a while. So mm-hmm. the plane that I was going to be flying down on because I was a day late uh, getting to the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was by intention. Uh, no surprise on this one. Uh, the plane that I was going to be flying on uh, had some issues. And by issues, I mean it managed to go and take out a good section of the runway at the airport down in uh, uh, oh, wait, was in this Los the, Angeles. Oh, was this the, uh, the Asian Airlines flight? It wasn't an Asian Airlines flight, no. But I think it was coming back from Asia. I, I can't remember. No, but this they, is the one that he had that huge, like something Wong or something like that. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. 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 No, there was a lot of internet stuff about it as a result of it. Oh God! And, but yeah, yeah. no, uh, it damaged the runway at uh, LAX, and that was the plane that I was supposed to be on. So the plane was not flight ready. By the so, way, I because we brought that up, I have to show the apparent pilot's names. Oh, God, yeah. Because this was my favorite prank that ever, anybody ever played. And it yeah. was an Asiana flight. That's what it was. It was an Asiana flight. Um, Captain Sumting Wong, Wee Too Low, Holy Fook, and Bang Ding Ow. I actually think we might be talking about two completely different things here. Is that possible? Maybe. Oh my god, I got I gotta Google this here. But yeah, my flight. When was uh, the when was this? Uh wanna say 2013? In July? Yeah. Nope, this is the exact same conversation. Nope. Holy crap. No, but this is the, the this is the, those particular names were somebody that call, called in to um uh, the news station on um and they uh, and, and an intern thought these were were real. Mm-hmm. And they gave them to them and they reported it. This oh was Asian out of, out of LA. <laughs> and somebody believed that this was right until they realized about an hour and a half later and they made a correction. Oh, after they is... reported on, on television. Oh, this is so interesting. Hank. Yeah, because I've even got the email because uh, I was flying Alaska. So I don't know, maybe if they or maybe if it was a plane that was being leased or flying with one of their partners or something like that. Yeah, but but, but it also could have just been the airlines themselves, like the runway themselves. I yeah. think a lot of stuff was rerouted, but this was the flight that they it did. There was a, a fire on the runway that did this, but the pilots' names are completely wrong. They're 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 so racist. It's not even funny. Okay, okay, just. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because I was just like, wait, hold on a second here. Am I am I remembering this totally wrong? No, no, that was. That was a big freaking deal right there because I was like a day late going and heading down to the convention and I'm driving to the airport and I get an email on my phone. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously I did not go and break any rules or anything like that. I went and got some gas, went and checked my phone and went and saw, oh, my flight's been canceled. Due to this no reason. current booking alternative. 
Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah. Up and they were willing to go and refund me, thank God, which is a rare thing with Alaska. I got to make that point right now. Not a fan of Alaska Airlines. Mm. We'll never be allowed to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I agree with this. Yeah. Um, but no, but that, but that's just the thing, though. It's just like, okay, well, that's what happened, I guess. And you got lucky on that one. Well, yeah. well flights being canceled and transportation being canceled, that makes perfect sense. Yep. Yep. All right. So we feel like we covered transportation because the ultimate comes down to number five. Yep. Yep. Real re- or the final. Re- well, not the final reason, but the last important reason, reason. Yeah. The most important reason that I can think of to put on this list for reasons you should not go to con your job. Exactly. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other reasons, family and whatnot, that are good reasons not to go to conventions. But like, yeah, if your grandma dies and they have the funeral during con, go to the go to the freaking funeral. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, that that's just it. There are so many circumstances. I mean, we could go and make a list of a hundred things. Oh, totally. But we we're not going to go and waste everybody's time. I- exactly. But this is a number. This is really a number one. And we exactly. held on to this one for a reason because. I've known so many people who have gone to con and it's like, oh, hey, I thought you were working or something like that. So it's like, yeah, I decided to go and call in sick or yeah, well, my boss is a dick and wanted me to go and work overtime. So I just quit. And then the next time you see them, they're still unemployed because they went and decided to go and give up on their livelihood for a couple of days or sometimes even just hours of fun. It's like, don't do that oh yeah i totally agree like i will admit i've gone to con without a job yeah no but that's a different circumstance but not by choice like i've i've lost my job a couple months before con or i've lost i've literally lost my job the weekend before i leave for con Mm -hmm. like i i the first time i went to vidcon two days before i got let go from my job before the day the two days before i got on the plane and that's well, just what happened. Like that's just what happened. I was yeah. like, okay, thanks, bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you had everything paid for at a time. It wasn't exactly. going to be other than I'm sure there's going to be some expenses that come along with that. I mean, the reality is, at some point, you're going to you know pick up some food, even if you got stuff packed. You're going to need to go and get something, whether it's a bottle of water or you know anything like that. There's always going to be some cost incurred, but oh, that's quarter, a drop quarter. in the hat compared to. The flight, the hotel, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's that's perfectly reasonable right there to go and do it if you don't have a job, as long as, you know, it's either been paid for or that you will be able to go and spare the expense. That's, exactly. But if you're going to risk your job, ri- ri- uh, risk the fact that, like, that you might not make your rent payment or your car payment or being able to get groceries for a couple weeks. Like, no, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so this isn't con related, but this is so topical. It hurts. Um, boy, that sounds like an ointment commercial. Uh, but <laughs> ching anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was an unintentional. Not so funny. Uh-huh. Uh, but where I'm currently working, uh, about maybe a month and a half, two months into working there, we had a receptionist up and quit. And the reason why it still boggles my mind, there was a concert going on in the area. And 
she couldn't get it off because it was a very or it was a very busy uh, weekend for us. It was one of our biggest sales of the year that was going on, and nobody gets the day off short of a family member dying or something like that. There's you're not getting that day off. Oh yeah, like there's there's three weekends a year that you don't get a chance to go and be off, and that was one exactly. of them. And she decided, well, if they won't give me the day off, I'll just quit, and didn't come back to work. Exactly. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, like that. I don't understand. Was the much like there's my like there's a joke that my my dad tells me, mm-hmm. like back when he like back when he was twenty, mm-hmm. he used to work at the local mine, mm-hmm. like the po- local potash mine. He worked there for a month, mm-hmm. and the joke is that he quit because he couldn't get Halloween off. And it's all funny and all, but I know he he didn't like the job in the first place, and he was going to go work somewhere else, like that. But that's just the joke we all tell. <laughs> like I don't know if it's true or not. That is like, I, well, I didn't really like the job, and I wanted to quit anyway, so I just quit on Halloween because I wanted Halloween off. Like that's it's a funny joke. I will admit that. I was like ah, like, but if you're going to risk like for all seriousness though, like. You don't do something like that. Like, just because you can't get, like, my mother, for example, she she works as a nurse. She's worked Christmas Eve. She works, day, like, she works birthdays. She She's worked her own birthday. And, like, New Year's, New Year's Eve, Boxing Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. Like, all these holidays. And I, and it's just, you just don't. You just do it. Like yeah. you don't might not want to work there. Like I know for except for a fact, Robert, that you have at least like have wanted to have a day off on one of the big sale days. I know for yeah. a fact. Oh but yeah. You went, but you went in. Yeah. No. I mean that. There was no getting around that. As much as I wanted to be, and uh, I'll just go and say it out here because. I wanted to go to KomoriCon this last year because it was a big year. It was the first year they were going to be at the convention center. And I wanted to go and cheer on Amy. I wanted to cheer on Sam and McKenna and everybody else that I knew was either working the event or was going and competing. But it was one of the three weekends that I can't get the time off at my job. No matter what. Exactly. And don't get me wrong. I could you know, fake my grandmother dying. She's 91. I can fake mine dying at least once. I've already had, well, a new job. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's she's already dead. She's already dead. (laughs) I can make that joke. I can make that joke once. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. (laughs) But no, that's the thing, though. He's like, you can fake your whole family dying, but eventually you're going to run out. Yeah, exactly. Or one of them's going to call into work. Yeah, and ask to talk to you. Yeah, no, I... Uh, how many, yeah, I was like, how many uncles have have died? <laughs> like, like that type of thing. But it's like one of the most stupidest things that you can do is like, so if if your job doesn't allow you to go to con, you're not going to con. Yeah, no. Be no. responsible. Get some more money. If, you, if, you, if it really concerns you, talk to a friend, have them buy you stuff and pay, have them pay you back if you're that concerned. Like pretend they go. You can pretend. You can pretend you went to con. In yeah. that case, <laughs> and then fake it to everybody who didn't know that you didn't go. I don't know if I would encourage that necessarily. Although I will admit, with I, your friends, or just joke with your friends, like, oh yeah, I was totally at con. Yeah, no, I, that 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 side of things I do encourage. I actually have to laugh 
Um, just because you bring that up, and this is kind of a <laughs> side note, and I'll probably get some hate for this anyway, but uh, back when AkiCon was in its second year, and back when it really didn't have any issues, I mean, it actually started off very humbly and very earnestly. Um, I'll still defend it on that point. The memories are still good. Uh, but one of my coworkers at the job I was working at the time uh, had his kid like the week before convent or the week before the convention, and I was the only other manager that could work, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able to go. I paid a friend to go and get another badge mm-hmm. and just have my name put on it. Oh, that's funny because I'd been there the first year and I was really proud of that, and we thought it was going to be, you know, not a big convention like SakuraCon, but. We thought it was going to be, you know, something okay. like what KomoriCon, you know, has grown into now. We thought mm-hmm. it was going to be, you know, an earnest convention. And, you know, maybe in a decade, decade and a half, it might be a big convention. Yeah. And from the first year, I mean, that was a pretty reasonable and earnest belief. Uh, didn't end up being the case, but uh, back Sitter then... It no was, longer exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was still... That was a good experience. And yeah, I went and paid a friend to go and get another badge and just have my name filled out on it, which... That's funny. That that was a waste of 35 bucks in a lot of respects, but... Meh. <laughs> yeah, it, I... I still enjoy... I still enjoy the fact that I've got that on my wall. Exactly. Um, completely disconnected from the whole conversation we're having here, but just something because Cole said that it's like, eh, the, yeah, I kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah. There's a reason for that. <laughs> okay. And now let's jump to the other, let's jump to, uh, let's jump to bad reasons here. Yeah. Things that you I, shouldn't do. Yeah. yeah. I think that a lot of people have had those experiences. Why don't, instead of talking about the reasons or bad reasons not to go to con, why don't we talk about what we have to do on our side? ways to protect ourselves yeah. in the event that somebody does drop out for some reason or yeah. con drama happens. Yeah. I feel like that's a better place that we could go and put our emphasis. Cause we could yeah. rant for yeah. days. Yeah, we could even from secondary and tertiary stories. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. No, no, let's keep going. So let's just, let, okay. If someone drops out on you, you essentially just need to be extra plant. You need to be, you either need to have, Good connections, knowing works through someone who can fill in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, assuming kind you have enough time to go and do that. Yeah, like that's that's number one. See if you can find, if if someone drops out on you like that. Number one, see if anybody else needs a room. That's yeah. the number thing. Number one thing. Number yeah, two. I actually have. Yeah, I actually have a uh, backup list. We have our hotel room has a reserve list. Yeah, for people looking for places to stay, and even then. We put a person on a couch cushion. Yeah, exactly. No, cause... like, like we've snuck people into our rooms that shouldn't have been in there and had them sleep on the floor. Yeah, I, because they absolutely be needed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't. We're not going to pick up somebody who just shows up to a convention and is like, "Oh, hey, I'm having this problem, and I really didn't have a place to go and stay. I was planning on just going and sleeping on a." chair in the convention center but the cops kicked me out so i couldn't do that no that's we won't accept that kind of thing but yes we've had friends who uh, like minsky her room situation was in good shape but then the person that organized it went and screwed up or there was an overbooking situation or there can just be drama where for the health of your person you need to leave that situation 
So that kind of stuff, you know, we, we try to go and protect other people in that way. And that's definitely one that you need to be prepared for. I tell people don't just try to room stuff as much as possible to get the price down. Yeah. As Minsky literally slept under a table. Yeah. Yes, she did. And she did that of her own free will because we went yeah, we to other we, space. Yeah, we actually offered the bed. And she's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. No, no, she's that's such a sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, let's see here. It sounded like you had a number two you wanted to go and throw out there. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, <laughs> but you're, you got a point there, though. I'm just trying to think. Well, okay. Just if you have number two, go right ahead. I, okay, I, 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 I got, got a lost. Two. I got lost there for a second. It's okay. I've got a number two here. Um, oh, and this is I got that, it. I got it. Oh, okay, Sorry. go for it. Sorry, um, budget a little bit more. Is essentially uh, is this a secondary? Is budget a little bit of extra money, just so that you can, if if absolutely needed, you can pay for an extra room, an a, a different, an extra portion of the room. Is essentially what you have to do. Uh, like. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say, actually. Um, mm. For anybody that's not aware of on how I do the convention stuff, um, I always budget a whole extra room's worth of money because you don't know what circumstance could pop up potentially. And this is not so much advice for, oh, well, my roommates are in a tough spot. I need to be able to go and cover them. Or, oh, this person wasn't able to make it. Their car broke down or something like that. That's completely separate. That's something you got to go and deal with yourself and go and use your own. You got to go and judge the situation as it is. In my case, the reason why I budget for a whole second room is because you don't know what could happen and what you could potentially be charged for. A lot of people don't budget properly for hotel parking or convention center parking. Uh, Some people try to do street parking stuff, but don't always go and follow the rules or find their stuff um, getting towed for reasons that still remain questionable to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, Not speaking from personal experience, talking from a friend's experience. Yeah. You don't know what else you're going to have to go and pay for that might come up and a lot of times it is just oh the roommate wasn't able to make it there and you want to be able to cover that space but i've had to go and pay for almost an entire second room just because of damages to the hotel room Mm -hmm. and you know not in situations where i even stayed there i'm still upset about the fact i've never stayed in one of these hotel rooms where i've had to pay for damages yeah exactly hey my god uh, actually i shouldn't say that no i did have to pay for that once and it was nothing that we did uh, mm-hmm. Back when it was still the Red Lion in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Lewis and Keith, famous Keith, mm-hmm. <laughs> we stayed uh, at the Red Lion Hotel, and Lewis sat down in a chair, and the whole leg went broke off of the thing. Oh, and we went and contact, yeah, we went and contacted the hotel about it, and they were like, "Oh, that's fine." And I got a bill in the mail about a month later, and they're going and charging me 120 bucks. For, a for the chair. chair. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, it fell apart when we were here, but it's like, that's the first thing we did in the room. And, and there was we no talked other to damage you about anywhere. It. Yeah, exactly. You guys said it was cool. I mean, for the person before us that went and broke the thing, most likely. 
But, you know, that kind of stuff happens. So you got to make sure that you're budgeted and prepared for in case one or two people might not go and show up or if the taxes end up being higher than what you thought or especially the parking situation. That has gotten a lot of people in trouble, especially in Seattle, where (laughs) this still blows my mind Uh, in Seattle. There's a 15 and a half percent tax rate on hotels. Mm -hmm. And that's not just the rooms. That's any services they do. So that's, that's food, that's yeah, food, that's soda. yeah, exactly. That's parking. It all adds up. And if you're talking about three or four days of parking that you're going and doing there, and it's yep. you know 33 bucks a night, and then you're paying in the taxes on top of it. Guess what, guys? You're spending well over a hundred bucks on that. Exactly. Like I had the same issue when I when Tyler and I first drove down to Seattle for our very first con soccer con. We drove. And we parked at the hotel. Oh God! I oh, the I Sheraton. never thought about that. Oh, at the Sheraton. And I understood it was going to be a little bit of money, but I think we paid over thirty dollars a night for parking. Ugh, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Like the we were we were fine. We were well within our budget. We were fine, but it was just it kind of like wow. We could have just bought plane tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So um, thing number three to protect yourself when it comes to these kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And this Make goes sure, Oh, for, sorry. Oh, yeah. I have another one for number four. Okay. Okay. Go, go and write that down. So number three, and this applies to both hotel room as well as at convention stuff. This can go and be for skits. It can be for panels. It can be for the hotel room. Communication is key. Mm -hmm. keep talking to the people that you're working with. Don't just take anything for granted. Don't go and assume things when you're getting close to the convention, especially if you have something lined up and ready to go, whether it is a hotel room panel, all that kind of stuff, the closer you get, the more often you need to talk. Exactly. You know, six months out. Okay. You kind of getting things work together at month three. You should be talking with whoever you're working with at least on a weekly basis, even if it's just a quick, hey, how's everything going? Are we looking good? If you're organizing something, stay on top of it. Don't just assume something's working out, even if, and I hate to say this, even if it's your best friend, never assume that things are still going smoothly. Sometimes just starting a communication channel and talking ends up motivating them better so they get their stuff done. Or it makes them think. Exactly. And, you know, I I think that's probably, you know, forgive me if I'm inferring too much here, but I suspect that's probably something that helped you with this whole uh, process and deciding, you know, that it's not a good idea to go, Cole, is that we do this. Exactly. And we do talk about this stuff. Yeah. For example, Robert, mm-hmm. before today, before this podcast, how many times did I talk to you today? Today? So, yeah. God, uh... At least twice, right? Yeah, I, I, two or three times, yeah. I'd, I'd and before that, when did I last talk to you? Uh, like two days ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, you and me talk at least once or twice, a, like, almost once or twice a day, depending on the day. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, so no but yeah, it's one of those common things, like... You yeah, should try it, and get it done. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything more to say about that just because that's this. A lot of this comes down to leadership stuff. I'm kind of noticing here. This is, uh, 
This is just kind of being a responsible adult and staying on top of things and being responsible for your unit. Mm-hmm. Um, proud member of the cosplay army. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Praise be to the cosplay gods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G- General Robert Gray reporting for duty. <laughs> uh-huh. Definitely. But no, but that it's just it's essentially common sense. Like exactly. All right, so you had a number four? Uh nope, you pretty much took it up already. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, mine was more like when you're doing hotel rooms, for example. Mm-hmm. Try to stick to your friends. Yeah. No, that's like if you need to like like or at least acquaintances. Yeah. Don't Book someone through a friend, like a friend of a friend. Yeah. Don't do not do that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Like personally for me, like, unless you can give me like a, a damn sure reason that they're going to be there. Like I'm traveling with this person. They will be there. Mm -hmm. Like if you can give me a concrete answer is like, they will pay you in advance and blah, 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 blah. And if I, if they're not there, I'll pay like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like for me personally, that's the way I see it is like, I don't like talk, like relying on strangers. The one time I ever did mm-hmm. a third of it bit me in the ass. I, and I definitely get that. Had to, I just wonder maybe if this is one of those, you know, be discerning when it comes to friend recommendations. Because I have set a lot of people up. I Part of this is just because I've been doing this for so long. This is not me claiming to go and be any sort of expert on what you should be doing. But Robert, the booking god. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the booking god. I just have been doing this long enough to know how to go and screw everything up myself. Uh, <laughs> no, but I have a lot of people that come to me and go and ask, hey, do you know if there's a room somewhere? And there is a little bit of a leap of faith situation. And part of it is, and this is probably routing out a little, or uh, routing myself out on a little secret. I, sometimes when people go and ask, I'll say that I will keep my ear to the ground and see if anything opens up. But there's some people that I really wouldn't trust setting them up with somebody. And I have to be discerning on that. I don't make recommendations lightly when it comes to this stuff. I understand that. Yeah, exactly. Like, DJ, our Yellow Ranger, great guy. I mean, we love him around here. Um, him getting hit in the face is a sign of a good con. So if you see him Multiple at the convention, times. make yeah. sure you punch him in the face. <laughs> okay, no, but we... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's not as good as punching a Nazi, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a sign of a good time. Exactly. Just, you know, don't, don't break the nose. Don't break the nose. He, he just needs to get hit in the face, okay? <laughs> Go, go and throw a sandwich at him or something like that. that. That's acceptable. And he'll appreciate the sandwich. He'll thank you for that. Because DJ is great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he um, he's about the worst when it comes to getting a hotel. <laughs> I don't, like, But also, at the same time, he sometimes doesn't bother. Well, it's... It, because he's out, drink, he's uh, out doing stuff all night. That's just it, though. He likes to have a place, though, to keep his stuff. Yeah, And, you know, there's been a couple of occasions on where um, plans haven't worked out, but it's never been because he went and failed on anything. If he's looking for a room, if his plan that he was going for originally didn't work out, or if somebody uh, decided to go and cancel the reservations or something like that, and he's left time, 
he'll contact me and I will have no problem giving his name to anybody looking to go and fill a room because I know that he will always go and pay up front. Oh, he's yeah, one of he's... those people that he's always good. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year and props to him on this one. He may not look it, but he did, but he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. No, he is. <laughs> I will. T- I will. I will totally admit this. The first time I met the guy, I'm like, Holy shit. Shifty. Yeah. Oh like, God. If you look at him, you would go and think that he is one of those creepy guys hanging on the dock that is probably going and watching her probably a lookout for a smuggling operation. I mean, he has one of those looks about him, but damn it. Though he's he not one of the it, nicest. He has, though I will admit he has worked on the docks. Oh yeah. No, he, He's worked, he worked as a fish guy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just it. I mean, his nickname is Fish Guy. He worked at a hatchery for almost a year. <laughs> you know, that's just it. I mean, he's he's a fisherman by trade, and he he loves that kind of stuff. And he definitely looks like it. And it's kind he's of one of the few, he's one of the few that can actually fill in the fishery, the fisherman uh, section of your ta- of his taxes. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a, it's an amazing thing with DJ. It really is, but. I can always go and recommend it because he's always going to be good for it. Um, this last year actually was kind of a weird one because I went and recommended him and somebody else uh, for a hotel room to another friend. And the other person that I recommended, her bank account got compromised like two days before the convention. That's another reason that's good reason not to go to con. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and she was backing out. And her and DJ had been talking, and DJ was like, oh, hell no, because she'd been trying to get to convention for five years. She's the reason why I brought up the health point, because she's the one with the thyroid, and well, had the thyroid issue. Thankfully, it's now under control, and she's mm-hmm. much healthier now. That's good. But she'd been trying to go for five years. And DJ not only paid for his part of the room, he paid for hers and the entirety of her cost for the convention, outside of you know the badge and all that stuff, which was prepaid. Jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, DJ is one of those good guys. I, I will never go and question his ability or his loyalty to his friends. He's Definitely. one of those guys I am very proud to go and say he's one of my best friends. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, but let's be honest here. You don't go and just throw anybody into yellow spandex and say, follow me. And then shove him and then shove him in and catch his hair in the zipper. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, exactly. But no, but that's the thing, though. It's just there are some people that you do, and there's some people that you don't. And yeah. unfortunately, it's just one of those things where you need to think about it. So yeah, exactly, be discerning. That's that's really what it exactly. comes down to. Exactly. Yeah. And I think number five is the most simple and honest thing you can do to prepare or to go and try to go and guard yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to these things. And it's as simple as this. Just try to avoid trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people, even though you love them, odds are you probably know before you ever get to a convention whether or not this person is going to potentially be a liability. Yeah. Because if, if you're getting to know each other by Facebook, you're seeing what they post. You've talked to them enough. You figure out what, they're talk, what their habits are. Like, yeah. even just from talking, like, it's just one of those things. Yeah. And you figure it out. And unfortunately, excuse me, but unfortunately, it's just one of those things that you have to pay attention to. 
Yeah. Of course, of course, there's other people that don't think about it, but <clears throat> but that's just it. Oh well. Yep. So I gotta be honest. I feel like that pretty well covers it. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Say, yeah, I have to say there's not really much of it. A lot of it is just be prepared and and just be discernive. That's about yeah. it. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I feel like that was a pretty damn good discussion, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. By all the right, way, uh, I have a quick question. Yeah. Is it just me, or does that is that door been rattling really, really hard? It has. Oh God, Tyler's been trying to get in for the last hour, hasn't he? I have no idea what you mean. Uh, by the I way, think... the key, by, oh, by the way, the keys are under those three colored cups over there. I'm gonna go now. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Bye. Greg, get back here. All right, let's get you out of here. Quickly, quickly, before it comes. Uh, uh, uh. Rob, Rob, you close the door. Quickly, quickly, Rob, what, close the door. What the hell is going on here? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh. So, that was a rousing adventure inside the labyrinth. That is the, the cleaning closet. Uh, we fought skeletons. Uh, we ran into the custodial uh, creature that we just, you just can't look at him. You just can't look at him. I tried. She tried. Oh, this is, this is Erica, by the way. Uh, I found her in there. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's, uh, he, he's, 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 he's like some kind of Cthulhu type character where, where you try and look at him and you just, you just can't focus on him. Or maybe he's like Bigfoot. Maybe he's related to Bigfoot. Like Bigfoot's always blurry, so I can't. I can't tell. It was it was quite a rip roaring sense of adventure that I will have to not tell about at all and leave very vague descriptions because that's how things work. So, what did Tyler, I, miss? Tyler? Hmm. How high are you right now? I don't know, I'm about six feet right now. How how tall are you? Nothing? Yeah, okay. let's just say that nothing happened while you were out, and Cole is totally not going for a fun run trying to get away from you. Uh, he's quite the precarious character, isn't he? Yes, yes he is. But enough about us. Let's go and talk about that strange person you went and found down there. And by strange person, I mean good friend, Erica, of... Do you have a cosplay page? I don't think I've ever uh, asked. I do, I do. It's uh, from Iki and Snow Cosplay, so it's a joint page with my wife. Awesome. Well, there's there you your go. plug Just and link in the description. Bam. Yeah. Well then. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Tyler, you want to go and uh, put us through the usual stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We 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 met in such a happenstance kind of way that it was it, everything happened so fast. There's uh, a whirlwind. There was like, I, I I even know. I don't even know anymore. What what was that? What was I don't that? know. It, it looked like some kind of ninjas, but I'm not quite sure. I mean, you fended them off pretty well. Like that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Zombie nimbus, zombies, ninjas, I mean, zimbas. I think they were zimbas. Zimbas. Yeah, probably zimbas. So definitely zimbas. Wait, where, Rob? Were there zimbas at the wedding? I don't remember inviting them, but there was some weird shit going on at uh, at I your s- wedding, man. That was weird. That was weird. I think that's where they were. I think that was the old wedding party in there. Oh God. Yeah. Hi, right, Erica. By the way, we had a wedding here with a joint <laughs> wedding. Uh, Bless you. 
that's what that pile of heap of uh, lumber and gum is, was once a church. Oh. That would still be a church out here in Montana. I'm just saying. <laughs> there you go. Mostly That's because Rob's crow's ship right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so. all I was missing was the ice. Damn it. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so, we have some questions for you since we never got to introduce you. Uh, um, we've already asked you if you got a cosplay person personality. Um, we have some other things uh, uh, that we always like to ask all our guests which oh. are here, here here's a list of questions we got um Snap. let's start off with what was your first cosplay oh god oh see there we go do you want do you want do you want like halloween costume cosplay no, no, like no, no, no. the well, actual first cosplay a, that i wore to a convention whatever like it's up to you to feel like what was your first like if you feel like your Halloween costume was what got you into it or if it was your first convention cosplay. I think um, I think it was my first convention cosplay, um, and that was to a local convention here uh, in Montana um, to MizCon that I go to and I help run uh, do like panels and stuff for them every year. And with uh, our good friend uh, Mustang Revolver. Yes, actually, I'm the one who brought him into that. So oh, there that, that was me. That was a me thing. Yeah, I uh, connections. Yeah, we went to high school together. Um, <laughs> but he and I actually started cosplaying at about the same time together too. So uh, I think it would have been probably the year before I dragged him down there. I uh, cosplayed as Ray Ayanami from mm. Evangelion in her plug suit, and that was uh, I wasn't too like keen on it. Um, but a bunch of my friends told me that I needed to do it, so I had that as my very first sewing machine project, and uh, ended up winning one of their prizes. That's ambitious for a first time out. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I mean, I did. I had some help from my mom, um, who used to sew a lot of my clothes, so she helped me pattern everything. But then I had to sew it all. That was the agreement. Ah, mm. <clears throat> that's a good way to learn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ah, well, then that also adds to our second question, which was the, uh, the always, what was your first convention? Uh-oh. MizCon 2007. Yeah. <laughs> and here's, here's, a, here's a fun one is, so that was your first cosplay. Now, is it still around? Uh, it is. I actually sold it last year to somebody, um, a gal down in Texas, um, through one of the cosplay sales exchanges on Facebook. Hmm. And she actually ended up wearing it uh, for a few conventions down there, which I was very surprised that it has lasted. This was, what, 10 years ago is when I made it, so it lasted 10 years. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I'm impressed. I take, most of the time, I take really good care of my costumes. It wasn't until I started doing cosplay chess uh, that I decided that there are costumes that I make and I keep to last. And then there's other ones I take to chess to die. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't yep. that the truth? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hmm. I guess we got... <laughs> That's some, that's some good stuff. Because a lot of times people are either their first costume is they keep it around or else it got destroyed very violently in various ways. Uh, yeah, 
that that one lasted a long like i'm honestly that one i'm really surprised about because even ones that i've worn to sakuracon within the past three years i've just demolished them mm. just you know maybe it's maybe it's hiking out in them to do photos i don't know oh. maybe i should <laughs> just learn to not take my cosplay out into the wilderness yeah especially out there jeez <laughs> hey we only have bears and moose okay i was going to say you've got like the two most potent or the two highest potential animals to kill you out there and you can run into them almost on uh like if you go out into any um hiking area that's not like super populated uh you will run into both of them most of the yeah. time yeah last last hike i did uh in july um that was one of those ones we almost drove into a moose yeah i was going to say what what's the line about uh why you don't speed in montana oh right moose no that's excuse you excuse you you speed in montana you just you know you don't speed in the mountains. You speed <laughs> on the highways. You don't speed on the mountains. Come on. We, we've had a speed limit for what? Maybe 30 years? Come on. <laughs> hmm. Well, um, I guess uh, last question. Last question? Last question. <laughs> I think so. Uh, do you have a preferred like cosplay style? Is there some kind of uh, character or fandom or even gender that you just like to cosplay from more oh. often than not. I do tend to gravitate towards um, either supernatural beings or vampires when I do cosplay. I've noticed that quite a bit in the past few years. Mm. Um, like Helsing, uh, actually cosplaying Sarah's Victoria from Helsing has been the one that I go back to probably every other year and I'll just either rewear what I've made or remake the costume it's hmm. just it's easy it's comfortable for me it's one of those things oh okay yeah well I like it there we go yep, we got simple I gotta be honest, that's probably the most elaborate answer we've gotten on that question, because a lot of people just flounder that like, uh, cosplay style, I, uh... And we're it's, just thinking to ourselves, well, we know what your cosplay style is, because we see you going and doing it, but a lot of people don't realize their trends or yeah, really what I, they like cosplaying as. Well, I, I started realizing it probably about two or three years ago, because one of my friends actually pointed out, they're like, you cosplay a lot of this type of character. I was like, oh, should you? do you think I should change? And they said, no, it, it fits you. Like, that's how I know who you are when I go to a convention that you're at. I said, okay, if that makes it easier for you, you know. Hmm. But I'm not, I'm not opposed to breaking out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, no, that's the, case. That's the uh, thing, is you always have your... Uh, Your comfort zone. Yeah, there, there, there's one you always gravitate towards, but then it doesn't mean you can't go and do other stuff. But oh yeah, it's like if you're typecast for a cosplay of some kinds, that's what it would be. I get typecast all the time for certain cosplays. Rob. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, what do you get typecast as? Uh, let's see, I got the most recent ones was I was typecast in Miguel and Tulio. I was Axel. Uh, most recently, I guess, is Cusco. Was that a thing now? Yeah, basically, uh, he cosplays assholes. I guess you know, so. 
you know, I get stuck usually Lovable cosplaying. I, I get stuck cosplaying the small, lowly, or childish face one. So I, I feel you. I'm, I'm the lovable assholes. It's, it's the thing. The, the charismatic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every party oh, okay. need. Every party needs a lovable asshole. So you yeah. should be honored that you have that title. Yeah, yes, yes, it's great. Yes. And I'm so, that guy that's always there, but never seen because he's always behind a mask. <laughs> You're behind oh, a mask you. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, have you seen this face? Would you really want to go and? Uh, would you want to subject people to this face? You're doing a, a disservice for everyone, or, or a service for not a disservice. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm doing everybody a favor, going and obscuring my face. Mm. Mm. You've seen this mm. thing. Who wants to look at that? Nobody wants to look at that. Fair my point. girlfriend doesn't want to look at that. <laughs> That's commitment right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clap. no, she's a saint. She's a legit saint. I don't know what the hell she's doing with me. Fair enough. Enough. Yeah. I got nothing to say. I'll let you and your lovers, uh, whatever words. Yes. Anyways, regardless, that's stuff. That's things. Um, guess what time of the month it is? Not that time of the month. That was worded wrong. So, <laughs> guess what happens every time of the first month. Tuesday of every month? I have my anime book club, which is a book club, but for anime. Yeah, I still haven't gotten an intro out of this yet, have I? And an intro for the last one, not this one yet. Oh, well. So, with that, uh, we've had a full month, a full month to, if you haven't watched something, to watch it. Um, or if you have watched it, maybe rewatched, get caught up on it. Uh, and this month's anime was Gate. And so the JSDF fought there. Fought there, fought on. I remember seeing it uh, change it, it, different ones. It's fought there, and then I think the next season may have been fought on. Yeah. Um, no. Are you sure that wasn't just bad translation? I think it may have been bad, bad translation. translation. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I just watched that for the first time on Crunchyroll, and it was fought on the entire way through, so. Hmm. Yeah, because it's, it doesn't, it's, uh, the second season is just the same thing called the second season. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was all one production season, and then it's like, oh, well, we'll just split this in half here. Yeah, so isn't that interesting, uh, how quickly it was all just uh, just one long anime into two seasons? Uh, well, I guess it was... Uh, uh, they're both like uh, uh, the uh, 12, 12, 13 episodes each? 12, 12 each, 12. yeah. Yeah, so then it goes into the other kind of seasons of just being uh, 20, 24, so... I don't know why they split into two seasons, but they did. Probably the same reason on why they went and split uh, Voltron Legendary Defender into two sets of episodes. Because Netflix was concerned that this might not be a big hit. So they decided to go and break it up because it was a very expensive project to get in on. They split into two sections and it gave them at least something they could do until their next project got released. Hmm. So if it wasn't a hit... It wasn't going to hurt them. It was at least something they could do to branch things out. It might get a little bit more longevity out of it. And if it was a hit, well, then they didn't have people going and asking, hey, when's that next season coming out? And getting angry when it was going to be a year away because animation is expensive and takes time. 
that's my guess anyway. I have no proof of that. I tried doing some research to try to find an answer to it, but I suspect it's the same reason. They probably just weren't sure, okay, is this going to work or not? Because it's kind of a risky show, to be honest, with the way that they formatted it. I don't know. Um, I haven't watched the uh, uh, new Voltron yet, so. What is wrong with you? Ah, there's a lot of anime this season. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Tyler, it's okay. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. I will murder you both. What happens is I'll sit down and I'll start watching it and then I'll binge it in like a night or two. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, so it's fine. Don't worry, Rob. Rob, you can trust me. I'm not cool. I'll I'll watch the thing. You're right, you're right. I... I need to remember that not all Canadians are Cole. Yeah, very few actually. Only, only really Cole is Cole. I'm not sure he's even Canadian sometimes. So, <laughs> with that, um, I'll just read a synopsis of what uh, Gate is uh, for the f- kids at home, um, where it was a. It's about a Japanese soldier um, who prefers his hobby over everything else, which is he's just an otaku and likes figurines and anime and manga, and he only has a job in the army just to pay for his hobby. Um, and then one day, a giant gateway gate opens up in Japan, and then like a medieval army, but it's not just a regular medieval army, it's a fantasy medieval army, meaning they got things like magic and dragons. Opens up and kind of attacks the city. And then they fight back and push him out of the city. And then they go into the portal and start doing a uh, um, invasion. That the right I wouldn't word? call it an invasion. Yeah, I wouldn't that's... call it an invasion. I would say it's because I know that's not the right. What's the yeah? Mm. Uh, well, first they set up a defensive front, and then they go and start working on uh, negotiation. Yeah, negotiations yeah. and good faith initiatives. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. Yeah, there is a better word for that. I'm trying to think what the, what it would be, because it's not. It's not an invasion, but they do kind of go enter that area and yeah, set up a kind of a, a fort and a camp for that, and then they start yeah communicating with the towns and learning about what this area is, and yeah, and then the rest of it is all just clash of culture how you have modern day culture clashing with medieval uh fantasy culture and i really liked it because i i like that where it's just like all the misunderstandings of like the clash of like this is what it's like here and then they kind of go and talk with the other people and it's well it seems kind of like they have slavery and it seems backwards to some of that stuff and then you see how in any of the fights, it's very one-sided because of the advanced military might of modern day with guns and tanks and tactics compared to chivalrous knights in plate armor swinging swords around. And, I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed all that. Uh, well, yeah. What other and thoughts do you guys have? Talk, talking on the culture um, side of it, something that I really enjoyed when I was watching both seasons of Gate, or I guess all of Gate as a whole, was um, was definitely the culture, because they did a very distinct Eastern versus Western culture in it as well. 
Um, mm. and, and that I I went head over heels for that. I thought that that was absolutely fantastic. Even just showing the the subtle differences that they would do, um, not just in negotiations, but in how the JSDF would approach um, the other, I guess, the other towns or cities um, within this westernized fantasy world and approach them with how they do their trade negotiations with like how we've been taught um, in Western civilization, how our negotiations would have gone in the medieval times. I thought that that was really, really interesting that they played off of that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. no, I, I think the social structuring in there was one of the best points of the show, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, it was. I really sure. enjoyed it for that. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's just so interesting where you'd have, it was like one of those what-if battles of like, what if this was versus this? And that was literally just the whole anime of, yeah. And and I think another thing, too, um, I played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and so to me, I kind of appreciated from that, that really old-school nerdy side of... Um, even the just the differences with the elf races and how they reacted to each other, and you know, um, it, it very much so plays off of a lot of high fantasy, where it's like certain elf species or like woodland elves would interact with these folks this way, and um, same with the I don't remember were they called dark elves uh, they in this st- one as well. They didn't refer to themselves as dark elves, but it was interesting because. Uh, Oh God! The uh, because they they treated the them like the drow are. Yeah, well, and the JSDF started calling him that in the last couple of episodes, which yeah. I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, because it. I mean, because I noticed that um, every other race seemed to treat them like um, races in D and D stereotypically or traditionally treat drow, uh, which was just that that made my nerdy heart sing so much. I was, I was like sitting there in my chair and just like slapping my hand. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? What are they doing? This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I feel like that was quite a bit of like the, all the culture of it of, uh, I, I guess I'm also, I am also a sucker for any anime that has, like the medieval fantasy elements in it. So a lot of like the animes like uh, uh, Sword Art Online is like that. Um, mm-hmm. Log Horizon. Uh, Grim Fantasy of Ash. Is that how it's said? It is something like that. Yeah. Uh, any, yeah. Any, any of those, any of the animes that have like a fantasy medieval element in it. I'm always just kind of hooked for because I just uh, those are my bread and butter. So no. this one was really good for that. And then for the, just the fact with the military and it's just like some of the scenes where they have the old military tactics of like them sieging a city and then it's like, oh no, what are they going to do? And then just a single platoon can take out so many characters and then they come in with heli- helicopters with their flight of the Valkyries on there and they just take them out because of the advanced, uh, like the air, air versus land of like how much more uh, of a um, uh, tactical well, advantage. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Advantage, man. I, I'm losing all my words right now. Jeez. 
What's going on? Um, yes, because like how much of a tactical advantage they have, and they just don't really. In medieval times, they never utilized that because they never had flying, which is kind of weird. Because in this one, they do. They have dragons, but it's almost like they don't realize how much of a tactical advantage dragons are. Well, I I don't know. I I might argue that a little bit just because in some of the episodes they did draw the point to on how rare winged dragons are. I think it's actually almost an inconsistency think, in the show that they were throwing them at them in the first couple of episodes because they almost stopped existing later on in the series. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Yeah, because yeah. like the only time the other time they saw dragons was like untamed dragons that were really hard to fight. Yeah, so I feel like if they did have domesticated dragons, they'd be either really weak and just not be able to have much power behind them or else dragons are just like uh, forces of nature, natural disasters that you just, you don't try and control. You just kind of try to avoid. So, yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I, I, th- I feel like we're all kind of on the same page on this well, one. I, kind of. I actually have some really big criticisms of the show. Like oh, I loved it. I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a really fun show, and honestly, there were elements of, it, of this show that I loved. This could have been my favorite anime of all time if a couple of things had been changed. But it's got some pretty glaring problems that just drove me up the wall. Ooh, tell me, tell me that. Well, I, one of them that really got me was, and this is something that I put a lot of emphasis on because it's something I find fascinating. Uh, having done a lot of language study stuff in college in the series, they're always drawing to the fact that they're speaking different languages between the Japanese and what's going on in this other world. And even in the other world, it seems like there's multiple dialects because they don't fully understand each other, but everybody is speaking this perfect Japanese the entire time. It just makes it really awkward whenever they call attention to it. It, it makes it so that you, you lose that suspension of disbelief. When you're exactly. watching the show. Yeah. No, it just oh. it takes you out of the moment every time. It's like if you just have them talk straight, yeah, it's an inconsistency, but it's one that I think everybody would get behind because it makes for better storytelling. Or you could have put down subtitles, you know, at least for some more high drama moments where it might be a bigger point of impact. But yeah, I don't uh I feel like I understand where you're coming from, but then I would feel like it would have the adverse effect of making it hard to watch. Well, that that's just it. And that's why I say if they just didn't call attention to it or if they at least had them speaking like a different dialect where it wasn't perfect conversational Japanese or something like that, you could have made that work and it wouldn't have been her taking you out of the moment. But they call attention to it. So much, especially in the later episodes, which just confuses me. I was going to say, they they did it almost every time. Um, I remember in the first season, towards yeah. the end, especially when um, Lele, uh, when yeah. she starts to learn the other language and becomes uh, more of a translator for everybody, they really, really drew attention to that. And I, I agree with you um, fully that that does ruin um, that suspension of disbelief. Hmm. So, what do you think it would have been better if it was just everyone spoke Japanese and, or wasn't even considered Japanese, just everyone spoke 
if everybody just spoke a language, just yeah, period. Let's like, it's not even a problem that they called attention to it, but it's the way that they kept bringing it up. Because even the way, and you know, this is when Rob talks about cinematography in the worst way possible. The way that they had uh, Lele going and translating sequences in there, you never actually saw her talking or doing any translating or anything. It was just the characters were speaking to each other. And it's like, oh, it's under the guise that this person is translating in between sequences. And it just, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make for good storytelling when you're doing that. It makes it easy to process, but it's not good storytelling. It just takes you out of the moment. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I just feel it'd be, it's like a you gain one thing and lose the other. Uh, if it was like, oh, I guess, mm, yeah, because like the one I think that has there is an anime that has done that actually really well, where there was a language barrier and it was a uh, Gargantia. Yeah, Gargantia did do a good job of that. Yeah, I haven't finished that one, but I know what you're um, talking about. Yeah, dr- Drifters. Uh, I still haven't finished it. I kind of dropped it after the first two episodes because I didn't have enough time to just sit and binge it. Um, but I remember that they did that very well, also. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, because yeah. they even created a separate language for the elves there to speak, uh, which I remember when I was watching. It, I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's awesome." Like, drifters that yeah it really it really engulfs you i mean just right off the bat i never got to watch that yet so i think i should start that then mm-hmm. that sounds like a good plan because yeah. yeah i mean if it's got that going for it that's something i'd be interested in because like yeah. i said i loved so many elements of this show but there was just a couple of things that really irked me and a lot of it just had to do with the execution of certain points it just it, it took away from a lot of stuff and the language was definitely my biggest criticism because it's like every time they brought up this like, oh, God, why do you keep bringing this up? It's just it's taking me out of the moment every time. Just awkward. Awkward, I say. <laughs> what about uh, what about um, the trope of it becoming sort of a. One guy, a bunch of girls that the, the harem thing also I, I can even call it a harem because technically when it's a harem anime, all the girls have to be like in love with him. But none of them are. It's just just the regular trope of like I, I don't know. I I'd make an argument about Rory. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well Rory's I guess an you exception. Got Rory. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like Rory. I like I want to know more about her. Because uh, she's like immortal oh and super all badass. The criticisms I have. Oh my god. Um <laughs> Because half of them have to do with her, and not because she's bad or anything like that. She is arguably the best developed character in the show. The problem is, we got nothing out of it in the end. Yeah, like, she's just uh, sort of a uh, um, Lolita-style character. Yeah, yeah. but this she, she's your classic Lolita trope. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's really my, what she is. Yeah, and that was part of my problem with it is that. If we went and took uh, the SDF stuff and just put that by itself in the show, this would probably be my favorite anime of all time because they approached it in an honest way 
And they did a great job. All the cinematography work they did with it was very different than the way that they shot and went and animated the rest of the sequences inside of the show. The character interactions worked, even though you didn't get a lot of background on a lot of the characters, whether it was uh, Aerial Unit 4's team commander, uh, the guys inside of that group, the base commander, and all the operations guys, all of the human characters in Recon 3. All of that stuff, despite not getting a lot of background on them, played so well off of each other, and it was dynamic, and it played well in this medieval fantasy world where you were seeing the differences between both their cultures, their military strategies. All of that stuff played together really well. And then there's the standard anime tropes that are actually the weakest part of the show. See, I know, that's, but that's the thing, is like, those anime tropes, you kind of... It makes it brings this more into an anime thing. It's either you can have the anime tropes without it, but then you don't have that mainstream anime, uh, or you have them in there and make it a mainstream anime and then make it popular. So I can understand where it's like you don't put those in there, and then it becomes very unique uh, and would normally get a whole lot more praise, uh, but then. It's also still just a production, and you're going to have people say these are the tropes that are in it. It's just that's just the way things are. But hear so. me out here, though, because uh, yeah, yeah. they did part of it right. Like Rory actually ended up being a really interesting character, despite her initial introduction being like, okay, standard badass Lolita character. Insert this here. She's going to be generic. She's just going to be, you know jailbait material basically turned on by blood and death yeah exactly but it's like death but ride of the valkyries episode six i think might be one of the best episodes of the series for a number of reasons if for nothing else than bogner because seriously (laughs) anything from the ring i'm all about and anything that's an apocalypse now reference i'm into let's just leave it at that that part was great but them going and explaining very subtly what Rory's real position is as a demigod and as an acolyte to I got it. Can I even remember what the God's name is? Um, Emery. Thank you. <laughs> she knew where She's I was going with the it. knowledge. She can yeah. remember Ash. things. <clears throat> yeah. Wikipedia. Ah, oh, there dang. we go. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But they went and explained how the souls of these dead warriors are going and running through her to God Emery and the reaction it's having with her body. It's like, this could just be a standard fetish thing, but they actually managed to make it into something interesting and helped go and expand the world and gave us something interesting that I really wanted to learn more about. It's like, what is this God? Because some of the, her, some of the cultures treat him as God of death. And yet, for some reason, some of the other villages and cultures in there refer to him as a god of love. It's like, this is interesting to me. So where, where is the line on this? When am I going to get some explanation? Never happens, unfortunately. But, like, Rory ended up being a really interesting character. Then compare it with the sideshow characters. <laughs> you know, insert elf here, insert to, uh, lolly mage here. Truth. Lolly mage? Yeah, Lele. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. She's a young girl. Yes. Yeah. I guess the other kind of lolly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Not Lolita, just young girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's just yeah. nothing really interesting about him. It's like I'm watching a less interesting Yuki Nagato and insert any blonde anime character here. <laughs> right. And they just yeah. do nothing to further the plot. And though I think, God, I, I can't remember the elf girl's name. Like, that's how forgettable she was. Um, they dedicate okay. most of the second season, well, quote unquote, second season to her mental instabilities. And it's like, this should be really interesting, but they just never developed her enough for me to care. And maybe that's oh. just a me thing. No, I, I really felt that way, too, because I, I went into this hoping I was like, Man, I really want to see because this that year was a lot of um, they or, or maybe the past years they focused a lot on uh, mental problems that can come from war and come from fighting, which I really admire in a lot of the anime that's been coming out. So I was super interested to see what their take was going to be on this, and then I was like, oh, oh, she's a stereotypical has amnesia, can't remember things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, and it looked well, like it was going to be something interesting early on when they went and had her requesting clothing for an adult male. Yeah, like and there that, not being that, anyone that hurt. That like that hurt my heart. Like yeah. I, I remember watching. I was like, "Oh my god, why do I? Why do I physically hurt from this?" That's but then not, we went through okay. ten episodes with nothing. Yeah, it's like they rip, they tried to rip my heart out, and then they just kind of left it in there to fester. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. I'll let somebody else talk. I I, I got a laundry um, list for this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's 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 those anime tropes that I don't know if you can ever actually truly get around because if you go watch all your anime, they all have those tropes in them. Um, so it's just like I don't know. I don't know how to say. Sure, you can not like them, but. It's not They're that I don't like for them, a reason. <laughs> yeah, well, and here's the thing. I don't really don't have a problem with the tropes. I feel like with a lot of series, the tropes make it work. Mm. You know, I it, here's the thing. Whether, it, oh God, I, I could list a thousand different harem animes. Yeah, you've got all that is, knowledge. Yeah, but I, uh, <laughs> I used to be really into that kind of thing. I, I, the first full anime box set that I got, and I mean, this is largely because back then, Box sets really didn't exist, so as soon as one came out, it was just like, I don't care what it is, I need to get this, because that's going to cost me a hell of a lot less than paying 30 bucks for three episodes on a DVD. Because that's the way it used to be. You youngins, watching your Crunchyrolls, and Hulus, and all that kind of stuff. You got a lot, you yeah, got really Hulu, lucky here. Crunchyrolls, and your yeah, yeah, that's, that's not the way it used to be. When old man Rob was first getting into anime, when I was blazing the roads for you, hey, it wasn't hey. that way. This this kid over here was recording it off of Adult Swim, okay, on VHS. I respect none them, you. None of them box sets. Mm. I respect you. I respect mm. you. You you're good people. You're good people. But <laughs> that kind of thing is still popular, and there always seems to be at least one every season that actually kind of works, and it's because of the tropes. But. When you have a series that does so many things as well as Gate, and, you know, we talked about all the things that we love about it. I mean, there is some really amazing content in this. To go and have the tropes have nothing really to offer 
it just kind of takes away from it. I mean, I think about a show like Gurren Logan, which is basically nothing but anime tropes. Oh my god! But it, it, made... But it made some of the best tropes. It, it didn't have tropes. It made tropes. Yeah, that's just it, though. It took yeah. things to another level. It made something unique. They were gratifying. They made things work. And then this show, it's like they managed to go and take so many great elements and clearly put a lot of work and heart and research into making things come together. I mean, I still stand by the cinematography, which I know is not the right word for this in animation, but they're just the animation. It's more than just animation, though. Oh, because that can go and refer to everything incorporated in there. But the angles that they went and illustrated certain scenes from and the way that the camera focus was shifting, there was some great work. And it's like something out of a 1970s, 1980s war flick during the right scenes. I mean, I talked about the Apocalypse Now reference that is just blatantly in there in episode six and is awesome. But there's another, there's a lot of other sequences where they clearly put a lot of work and research into how do you go and frame somebody shooting a gun to go and give it as much effect as possible, either when it's firing or when the shot is being received in the next sequence beyond it. They did such a great job with all of that. They wrote so many of the characters so well. And then you've just got a couple of these tropes. It's like, oh, this just isn't doing anything. And you're dedicating too much time to it. Like I said, Rory actually manages to take one of those tropes and do something unique with it. It just seems like they wanted to shove in some pretty generic anime characters and didn't really care about giving them something unique that matched up with the rest of its quality. But maybe it's something to think about with that. And, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all, oh, yeah. but maybe no, no. something to think about with it. Cause I just went, I was like, you know what? I just want to, I just want to type in gate anime into Google image search and see what comes up. And it, and it hit me. Do you think maybe they included a lot of those tropes? Not, just because, you know, it's like, oh, let's put these in there. It'll maybe help us make money, you know, whatever. But because the main character and his friend who are also in there are mildly otaku, like that it's their thing. So it could also just be in there to play, to play off of that. What, is going on? what the hell is happening? What's happening oh. over there? <laughs> my phone is just like playing stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I just like set it down, and I think it was on, I was on Facebook, and then it just jumped. You killing from, like, it? Like what'd you do? <laughs> it just started playing some some movie, and then I tried to jump out of it, and Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Okay, so yeah, uh, maybe well. maybe that's maybe that's part of the point is the fact that he himself is just a super otaku, and it's just part of the. Part of the uh, charm of it. Part of the experience. Like, yeah. And, and maybe that's what they were going for. I mean, I can criticize these <clears throat> things and say that it does take a little bit away from the show. It's not saying that it made it a bad show at all. <laughs> this thing, this thing is in my top ten favorite animes now, which is a big statement to make. But. It's just kind of depressing when you've got all these things that were done so right and just a couple of things that 
I don't, I don't feel like they means tested everything that they were doing, but they clearly put a ton of effort and research into so many of the other things they did. It's just it's very interesting. And now, remember this this also started off as I think it was a a light novel yeah, as well. That's prior. What I was just about to say, yeah, is like how much of it was since being adapted from a novel, uh, how much was taken and changed and uh, actually one to one or something maybe was cut out like maybe there was like a whole arc on rory and you just never knew about it well i'll tell you when i finish it because i just started on that (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Uh, hey i'm serious like i'm i'm really uh, into this idea and especially because of and i can't believe i'm saying this rory is the most interesting single character in the whole show because we don't know everything about her hmm Heck, there's an awkward scene where we've seen her post getting her ass kicked by a blue-skinned woman, and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with that. That is true. I almost forgot about that. I remember that she did... I remember the fight, but I don't remember the outcome of it, so thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Right now, it's incomplete. (laughs) Yeah. And it probably (laughs) never will be complete. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, they might hmm. come up with another season or something, but who knows? I I, I hope so. I, I know there's nothing on the production slate because God knows I did a lot of research hoping that maybe there was going to be a potential announcement coming soon. But no, no, right now it's uh, it's in limbo. So I'm hoping something comes because I want to see more of this. Like, I cannot recommend this show enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I really liked it. Like yeah. it, for just the, I think just for the culture, the culture clash alone is makes up for makes up for a lot of it because just I that's that's what I always got uh, turned on to it for is when it would come out I would have a list of animes that were like that are airing that day and this was always the one that I would want to watch first because of that because I wanted to see like the what if battle of like how this person how how this group of people who are soldiers and have like tactics would be fighting this medieval and then it was very one-sided and like now the only thing i'm watching now that i'm getting that same kind of feel from is uh yujo senki which is another medieval fighting but they've also got magic in it or not medieval fighting uh it's world war one but it's in an alternate world where they also have magic. So, yeah. I was just watching that one. It's airing right now. Uh, It's the saga of Tanya the Evil. Uh, Oh, okay. I recognize that one then. Yeah. Took me a minute. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a guy... He's from like 2000... He's from... He's from 2617. He... And he... Then he gets killed... And then a someone claiming to be God uh, puts his soul into a reincarnates reincarnates him in a girl's body. Uh, so he's about thirteen or ten in the anime because he's just a baby, and then he grows up to that. But he still got all his memory, and then he goes and joins the army, and because it's like nineteen twelve, uh, and so he's fighting in their version of World War One because it's an alternate reality where magic is still a thing. And so, yeah. That sounds right up my alley. I'm going to have to take a look at that. 
Yeah, I yeah, really you're gonna have to remind me about the name of that one. I'd, I'd I'd be interested in checking that out. Yeah, so I'm I'm really enjoying that one right now. That's in my top top animes of winter 2017. So no, was, yeah, good. is it 2017? It's 2017 yes, winter. Yeah. It was winter, spring, summer, fall. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah. So I was I was also gonna ask. Um, with Gate, with you two, how did you feel about the political aspect of it? Because I know that for me, um, one of the things that I like to try to look out for every season is uh, what's the next anime that's going to have some sort of um, big political, um, you know, storyline behind it. Uh, I, I kind of like that kind of stuff. I'm a little weird, but I. This is kind of a hard one for me because that's kind of a question on two fronts in this one. Because <laughs> you have the R world politics and then you have the, the on the other side of the gate politics. Yeah. And the other side of the gate politics, I loved that because it really does showcase how much cultures have changed as time's gone along especially when it came to the subject of treatment of prisoners and things like that. I mean, that was like one of the hot button issues. It wasn't, you know, the uh, forfeit of mining Forf- resources or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, was, it was, wait, you, you want me to treat these people that were killing my own soldiers as well as I would my friend? What? Yeah, what that it was that to me that uh, going through and watching that and watching I think more or less the political change and how the, I don't necessarily want to say the forced change that occurred, but the adaptation that, that the characters and everyone involved in their lives had to go through was, it was really fascinating how they wrote that out and how they really just directed that. uh, Oh, definitely. Especially with uh, Pina's character and all the stuff that went through that. Because I don't really see her so much as a character. She was more of a tool for the storyline. Yeah. Uh, But it works out really well. I mean, the character herself is good, a little on the generic side, but... But she's a good catalyst. Exactly. The situations that she had to go through and using her as a device to go and move between different factions and their perspectives really added a lot to the show. Um, well, it's, although I really want to say worst name of the series, but eh, I'll, yeah. I'll let that one have a pass. <laughs> well, one of the, one of the things that I loved um, specifically about Pina though, was that you got to see, um, you got to see both sides. You got to see the, pol- the politics behind warring factions with her as an actual warrior and a fighter. But then you also got to see her as a political um, political tool within her own country with going and being that ambassador to everybody, which I I was really fond of that. I thought that was really unique. Um, you don't get to see that too often in shows. Yeah, but not that well developed, especially. Because mm-hmm. sometimes in anime, it's like, oh, we're going to try to include a little political angle, and it's like, okay, that was the most shallow thing ever written, or you don't understand how this works, do you? You don't understand how to politics, do you? And that's kind of the way I felt about a lot of the stuff that was going on on our side of the gate Yeah, that that little stint. That's what I found very interesting, was they, they didn't they didn't go more into 
politics that would be in our world, which I found very interesting that in a show like this, they wouldn't, they wouldn't touch on. Cause like, to me, it was very interesting that, cause they did touch on the United Nations quite a bit. Um, and I was in, I was very surprised that they, they didn't talk about the other countries wanting to go through or trying to go through the gate like that to me. And I know it's, you know, it's just how the story is, but that kind of blew my mind. Um, just knowing the rest of the world and the state that the rest of the world is in politically, it was kind of interesting that they chose not to include something like that. I don't know. Um, it's didn't they talk about that? Like there was a whole talk of like other countries wanting stakes in the. There were, but there were, but they never like they said that. Oh yes, we'll we'll talk about it, but they never went through with anything. Yeah, like they no, didn't it, actually go into it because they wasn't. They might have that might have all been in novels, and like they may have just cut that out for anime wise. I I really want. That's part of the reason why I want to watch it, because honestly, I, and this is going to sound like something completely different, but uh, I'll, I'll have to explain this through. But honestly, when the girls came over to our side of the gate, after like the first episode, I actually became almost offended with what they were trying to do with that. And I don't mean that because, like, oh, the United States got painted bad or anything like that. I don't mean it in that way. Just, it almost felt like it was pandering so much to the Japanese audience, which I know that that's the home country yeah. this stuff is put in. But it's like, oh, well, we shouldn't need to go and actually have a realistic uh bodyguard situation there shouldn't be a realistic transportation situation going on here for these people and the character motivations behind the whole invasion and potential kidnapping of the characters it's like this would never make any sense what good is it going to do even if you do want the resources on the other side of this whole thing what good is it going to do you to kidnap these people what, what do you think you're going to do? You're not just going to go and hold Japan ransom or go and hold these people on the other side ransom. It's like there's only one access to this place. Even if you got somebody to go and agree to one of these things, you really think the Japanese government is just going to let a foreign power go and come in and use that as a means of commerce to go and, you know, strip resources and whatnot? Like, this doesn't make sense. You're just making other countries look bad without going and actually having a realistic reasoning behind this. Like, I totally get the resource comments early on in the episodes, but it's like, oh, we would like for the girls to go and visit us over here. Yeah. It's like, that just... Oh my god, logic. Guys, seriously. You got so many things right, and you did like these three episodes that just make no fucking sense. It's just offensive that you think that we're that dumb. <laughs> well, have you have you met a politician? Ooh, shots fired. I I, 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 <laughs> I get where you're coming from, but oh my god, no, no, it's just You create an international incident like that, number one. You're going to have repercussions reaching far, far, far beyond what they went and showed in there. Mm -hmm. ah. and number two, you have to have a logical end game. My God. I mean, honestly, you'd almost be better to go and just try to assassinate the characters. Like, had that been what they were going for, 
because that would go and put Japan in a very bad light right there. We have these representatives from this other world. Should Japan and this, you know, what the because the SDF really isn't a full standing army. No, I mean, and that's this, that was <laughs> the thing that that kind of I was like, man, my my knowledge about the SDF. I was like, this no, this no, no. Why no? Okay, just do just do suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, I'll actually give them a little bit of credit on that because they didn't try to go and introduce any new assets that don't exist, which. I, if, if anybody out there listening doesn't know about how the SDF is structured and what the rules of what their army is allowed to have, if you're not aware of that, do some research. have an army. Yeah. So. Exactly. It's, it's a very interesting thing, and yeah. shockingly has worked for them. But you notice that a lot of the resources they were using in there, they even called out by name, whether it was... Chinook helicopters, whether it yep. was hornets. I mean, it was very interesting that they were calling so much attention to the fact that these guys really don't have their own equipment. Yeah, I, I, I found it kind of, I don't know if interesting is the word or, or weird, um, just with how closely U.S. military is integrated over there. I, that, that was the thing that really kind of shook me for a loop was that they didn't even try to include a little bit more of that aside from just like oh these are the Chinook you know yeah these are this is the borrowed equipment it it just it kind of yeah yeah yeah, like you can hear the confusion in my voice because I'm not even sure how to word it 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 almost felt like at times it was more propaganda and I don't mean yeah. like that in a negative not a way. bad way but like yeah it's just like oh well we're showing that we are we're proud of what we have. It's not a true standing army, but we are proud of what our men in uniform are doing. And I actually feel like in a situation like that, they did take the most logical course of action when it came to outreach to these other nations and whatnot on the other side of the gate. I feel like that actually was a really uh, logical and well-structured point, but it's like, Boy, I can't imagine that the international community would allow it just to be done by a standing military that's not really a standing military and has a very loose command and control structure. You would assume, at the very least, that there would be some UN oversight or a coalition that would be, you know, in charge of any of the base actions, at the very least. It's like, huh, it's it's very pro-Japan, which I don't have a problem with. It was just kind of like, huh. Uh, this is an interesting way to take it, guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, never, I feel I like I'm talking thought... an awful lot here. It's just like, this is my bread and butter stuff. Like, this. I am. I never <laughs> thought no, that you... deep into it. Yeah. yeah and just... if, if you have a passion for it, you know, please talk and discuss. And, you know, it gives us things to discuss with you. Yeah. I. Part of what you guys got to remember is my grandfather uh, was military. Most of my uncles were military. I would be military if it wasn't for the fact that my eyes were in such bad shape graduating from high school that I couldn't enlist. So I've always been a big fan of military history and especially learning about the international military structures. It's a fascinating subject. Not being a big fan of war, got to make that point there. Uh, It's one of those things that God knows if there was any way to wipe it out of human history it'd be worth it, but you know, right now it's just not the reality of things and watching it. I was very proud of the way that they represented the soldiers. Cause 
Japan in particular seems to be really hard on every military in the world whenever they go and animate this stuff. And they tend to be very hard on their own soldiers. There's a big movement in Japan that doesn't believe that the SDF should even exist. Like, it's really weird how the country is split when it comes to the idea of having any sort of military presence, whether it be an international body protecting it or their own. And watching Gate, it was actually really cool going and seeing them approaching it from an optimistic perspective. But it is kind of interesting because it did feel like propaganda more than a few times. I'm very confused by that. So, hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's 99% of what I had to talk about. <laughs> well, I think I think that's where we have to call it. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's gate turned from uh, interesting to political. A lot of political stuff in that, though. So yeah. that is a big point of that is it's just culture clash of its that always turns into that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Tyler, so, what, I got to uh, think of the uh, the next the next anime for uh, for next month. Yeah. Do we have ideas? Anyone? Anyone? I, I've got some ideas, but I'd love to hear if Erica's got some. Uh, are you looking for newer or older? Oh, whichever, really. Yeah. Hmm. I do any you highly suggest, I guess. Yeah. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> um. You, you want to take a second to think about it? Because yeah. I could throw out, I could throw out a suggestion here and see if anybody wants to take a bite on it. <laughs> Yeah, let, give me a minute because I I've been watching a lot of really older campier series like from the nineties, uh, um, but then I've also been mixing that with uh you know jumping on that wonderful Yuri on Ice bandwagon. Oh, uh, you know you're one of but, them. Well, he, yes, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny this. Um, <laughs> But I, I am also the person who realizes that is not for everybody. Because yeah. I did not think it was going to be my cup of tea. And I started watching it because I'm, I'm really big into figure skating. Um, and I started watching it. I was like, oh, my God. This actually, this is actually very much so about figure skating. Oh, my. Um, but, man, let me think about that for a minute. Well, 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 she's thinking and trying to come up with something. Uh, yeah, we did something kind of modern here. I thought maybe we'd go and take a trip back into the old school since Tyler hasn't seen this. And I think that that's a travesty. I'd really <laughs> like to suggest the first season of GTO. Oh, my GTO. God. Oh. oh, my God. You need to watch GTO if you haven't seen it. Like I can totally do that. You yeah. need to watch it. I I will say hands down that is a great suggestion there we go great GTO. Teacher, uh great teacher onizuka onizuka great teacher onizuka <laughs> he's the best man he saved he's my the, life he's the best man the best sensei oh so good oh. <laughs> there we go done decided yep okay that that was quick <laughs> <laughs> Normally, this debate goes on for a few minutes. Not this Does time. It, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's definitely one. Like, if you 
if you haven't seen it, that's I like I know with a lot of my friends, if they have not seen that series, I sit them down and we watch it. And they they understand me a little bit better after they watch it. So it's a it's a great series. Uh it's really good. What is it? Mid nineties or is it early two thousands? Uh I think that was early two thousands. I wanna say I think that came out in like 2000 itself. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up. To do a Google search, yeah, because I, I was either gonna say do that or try to find uh, Urusei Yatsura to watch online because that one's also very fun and cute. Oh, that's a hard that's... one to find. I tried, I tried oh to find God. that and rewatch it. It's so hard to find. Every time I find it, it's with uh, that that British, that terrible British dub. Yeah, but I've come to love that terrible British dub. So guess what? It's both. It was uh, June 30th, 1999 to September 17th, 2000. Ooh. Okay, so that's... that's still, I, I still feel like I won on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. It's more in 2000 than it is in 1999, so... Exactly, yep. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, no, just... Ugh. There's 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 nothing better than GTO. Although I'm Pretty still so upset that Tokyo Pop went under in the right. middle of publishing the GTO early years manga. Because yeah. goddamn it, it's just as good as the original. And why why did you do this to me, guys? Rest in peace, Tokyo Pop. Rest oh. in peace. I just oh now I got depressed. Don't now I got depressed. Sad. Don't have a depressed. It' okay. Uh, uh, Tyler, I gotta go cry in the corner for a minute. Why, why don't you go and do the usual thing with the guests and all that? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna... <laughs> what do we usually do with guests? Take them out back, or no? There's the other thing. So, uh, would you ever like coming back on? Do you enjoy this? Did you have a nice time? I did. I did. If you guys enjoyed having me on here, I would love to come back and chat with you guys about whatever you want me to chat about ah well then the verbal agreement is said and we also have to write that in blood so well no big deal just you're not gonna be able to get that for like what SakuraCon is two months away now ah we have other we have ways we have okay. ways okay yeah yeah just you, ignore you that got... bandage on your arm in the morning shit <laughs> We already pre 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 took your blood before. You pre tooked it. Pre tooked it. Pre tooked it. Done taking it. So. Blood. With that, uh, Cole has to come back and take us out. No, no, he threw a brick through the window earlier. He's got a cassette tape on here. I assume he recorded his shit because he's still hiding. Oh wow, that is oddly. Uh, proactive of him. Yeah, I know. I'm a little confused by this. It's like Cole running in terror is actually really reliable. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm hoping that's not like something else on there and like a weird uh, mixtape of his. So it's a gamble. But just let's just hit play and we'll see what happens. And now it's once again time for the anime conventions of the weekend. Um, with me, your your host Cole. Now, 
first off, let's if you are attending any of these conventions this weekend, make sure, as always, to be safe, have fun, and as always, follow the 11 new rules of con. Now, let's start off with Anime Milwaukee in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, of course, KatsuCon in National Harbor, uh, Maryland. <clears throat> then Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida. SuzukiCon in Victoria, B.C. Or that British Columbia, of course. Uh, let's see. UshiCon in Round Rock, Texas. ChibiChibiCon in Olympia, Washington. Japan Impact in Lausanne, Switzerland, and TNT Monterey in Monterey, uh, Ner- Monterey, Nervo Leon, Mexico. So once again, of course, if you're attending any of these, make sure you have fun. And moving on to Comic Cons, we have, let's see here, Wizard World Comic Con Portland. And of course, as well, the Rocky Horror Picture Show Extravaganza in Portland. That sounds... Weird. Okay, whatever. Have fun. But in any case, of course, if you're attending any of these, make sure to be safe. And now, I think I did that properly. Hmm. Oh, crap. I was going to get country. Ship! Thank you very much for joining us again, all you people out there in Radio Land. Make sure to check us out on iTunes and help us out by giving us a five-star review. Don't forget, there is still that Legacy Archives on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm, that's right, that still exists. Uh, we are on YouTube for all of our multimedia projects, including Mama Samu's unnamed cosplay project, which, come on, guys, we've only got two name suggestions in. Go and send that in to our email, Podcast at gmail.com, or tweet us. Twitter, at Soccer Rangers. Come on, you know how this works. Of course, don't forget about the, our Facebook page, Soccer Rangers Podcast. And, of course, make sure to go and check out our guest page. Plug it one more time. Uh, Iki and Snow Cosplay. Check us out. Yeah, that's right. We're having a good time. It's been a great season so far. We got a lot more coming up here. Don't forget, we will be live streaming at SakuraCon. Cole will be handling our multimedia presence. And we will be recording Cosplay Chess and uploading same day. Keep us to it. Keep us honest. Keep yourself safe. Seriously, wear protection if you come to it. It It's going to be a mess this year, and that's going to be so good. And, of course, don't forget about We Are Doomed, updating every Monday. Take care, everyone. Send us out! Uh, Soundboard guy, because we still don't have a new band yet. That's right, we don't have a band yet. We gotta get on on that. Where where, where the hell's our necromancer? Let's get the zombie band back. Hashtag bring back the zombie band. Bye! I don't know.